We're living now in times of unprecedented economic growth since the recession 10 years ago. We all know the stock market has soared. Housing prices have as well. I see few people driving clunkers. We all have the latest in technology with all of our smartphones. But at the same time, there's a lot of evidence of, of a corresponding spiritual decline in our culture as well. Fewer and fewer people practice any kind of we call organized religion. That's not you who are here, of course, but this, these people are called gnomes. They don't read any kind of organized religion. In the United States right now, that's approximately 23% of our population, and it's growing. Uh, just 10 years ago, it was like in single digits. It's growing very fast. Some parts of the world, it's up as high as 75%. It seems that when we have everything, it's easier to forget about God. As a culture, we're becoming more secular. It's easier to set God aside. When we are enjoying the gifts, we may forget the giver of the gifts. Jesus says to us today, those good words, be vigilant. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and the anxieties of daily life. Jesus was a good psychologist before his own time. He knew that we could become distracted by the good life and warns us not to get distracted by the riches of the world. When there was not much money in times past, people, most everyone, all worshipped God. But now that's changed, and it's easy to get lost with money and possessions. So Jesus' call to watch and stay awake are good words for us as we begin the season of Advent. During Advent, we reflect upon how Jesus is growing oftentimes silently in our midst, like Mary, like in Mary's womb. We don't see God, but God is in our midst, oftentimes in unseen kinds of ways. So Jesus' words on the first Sunday are to be awake so that we can stand confidently before him. He says, when the Son of Man comes, be ready. Recently, my own personal reading has taken me to a, a great Catholic author of the late 20th century. Her name is Flannery O'Connor. She only lived to be 40 years of age. And uh, most of her writing took place um, in the South. That's where she lived. And her writings are just all mostly short stories. They're very easy to read. They're kind of edgy. They're um, harsh sometimes. Sometimes they're dark. But here's the thing about her short stories. God and grace are in every single one of them. And that, that doesn't jump out at you, but you have to look for that. In fact, I think she's such a great writer that she might even someday be a doctor of the church. Um, she was a good friend of Thomas Merton, who was a great spiritual writer in the late 20th century as well. They, they were contemporaries of one another. And after you read her stories, you might say, well, where's God in that story? Just this past week, I... I read a story of hers called The Displaced Person. Um, and of course, displaced persons, they, that's what folks who came into our country were called after the war. There's a story about a Polish person. 
And there was great prejudice against displaced persons back. And I remember that myself. I was growing up as a kid. They used to call them derogatory terms called DPs. Very derogatory. People were afraid of them. They didn't speak the English language. You read the story. The great prejudice in the South against these people. And even where I lived, great prejudice against them. I remembered that. I was reading the story. I was like, oh, man, this is all coming back to me. All this prejudice. Fast forward. 21st century, no different, right? No different. Absolutely no different. That's why her stories are so contemporary, even though they were written 60 years ago. Same thing, because life doesn't change. And then you read, that you see God is in this story very vividly. Oh, her stories are all like that, and grace is there as well. Sometimes you have to read these stories several times to find God, to find grace, because it's hidden, because it's hidden. And that's why she's such a great writer for our time. And God is in our lives as well. And we sometimes have to search for that presence in our lives. And he's woven in the fabric of every one of our lives who are here, not just some of our lives, every one of us. And, you know, we, this morning we have this rite of welcoming here. As we hear the stories of our candidates, they're here because God has been in their lives. And God is leading them into this moment into our church. It's wonderful. And they see the handwriting of God in their lives or they wouldn't be here. They're beautiful witnesses to this, as we heard, and how they want to move forward with this. And that's why we have this great season of Advent, to be vigilant, to be attentive to this movement. And after reading Flannery O'Connor's stories, and I continue to read them, I'm trying to be more attentive myself to this movement of God in my life every day. I miss it a lot. I miss it a lot. And be attentive to this presence of God in our world, in the events of the world, because God is, is here as well. And not only do we have to be attentive, but God is ever watchful and awake for us to find Him as well, both ways. So it can be disturbing to see the growing secularization and apparent abandonment of God by so many today. But again, we are reminded that God never abandons his people, even if they abandon him. We heard in the first reading from Jeremiah, in those days Judah shall be safe, and, Jer and Jerusalem shall dwell secure. Jeremiah is giving encouragement to his fellow people in a very difficult time. They were in exile. They needed hope. It's the same time for us. God does not abandon us in our tough times. So let us watch and stay awake. When Jesus was born, how many people missed his birth? Because it was just in a small, simple field. Nobody noticed him. When he performed all of his miracles, how many people just said, hey, why are you doing that on the Sabbath? When he raised the dead, you know, why are you doing that? 
when he died on the cross. How could God, how could God die on the cross? He missed the great sign. So we, are we awake to his presence in our lives? The temptation is to become lethargic. So we have to, you know, wake up. In this season, God is ready to give us hope and grace to walk in his ways. His grace is there to be attentive to his action in our lives, to give us perseverance and to endurance to all the trials and temptations that come our ways. I'd like to close with a short reflection on hope from a father, James Kellner, who wrote something called the Christopher Notes many years ago. I, my family, my mother, always got the Christopher Notes once a month in the mail. I remember reading them. They were meant to give hope to people in the 50s when times were tough and lean after the war. So these are some beautiful words on hope from Father Kellner. Hope looks for good in people instead of harping on the worst. Hope opens doors where despair closes them. Hope discovers what can be done instead of grumbling about what cannot be done. Hope lights a candle instead of cursing the darkness. Hope regards problems small and large as opportunities. Hope cherishes no illusions, nor does it yield to cynicism. Hope pushes ahead when it would be easy to quit. Hope puts up with modest gains, realizing that the longest journey starts with one small step. Hope is a good loser because it has the divine assurance of final victory. May we be persons of hope in the season of Advent.